You've reached Conversation with Mr. A. This is your host, Anthony Apostilla. Thank you for listening. Let's get right to the episode. Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Mr. A. Uh, so for this edition, I have actually, she is the City of Tacoma Commissioner of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs, Ms. Mary Chris Valdez-Castro. Mary Chris, thank you so much for uh, being on this episode. Thank you so much for having me, and mabuhay to all of your listeners who are tuning in, and I'm excited to be here. Thanks. So just uh, reading up on you, um, gosh, you've done so many things. Uh, you mentioned you, you've been a writer, a scientist, actress, singer. You've done so many things, and uh, I even understand you were also a Miss Washington pageant winner. Um, gosh, can you give our listeners just a, maybe a brief background history of just what you do and what you've done? Ah, uh, sure. So what I do is, yeah, I do. I do love to do acting, singing, modeling, writing. I I feel very lucky to have this this skill in particular, just because I do a lot in the community. It's really important to reflect. There's that saying I think by St. Thomas Aquinas that the unexamined life is a life wasted, and so, you know, I really want to, you know. Don't let these opportunities pass me by, but also not just spit them out and not really ruminating what's what's happening because it is really special to be able to do all this like not everyone gets to do all these cool things and um be able to just give god the proper you know props for what he's doing in my life because <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty cool and um i've been specifically using that skill to like you know guests on podcasts uh, like yours also um advocating for a lot of the causes that we are about at the commission for immigrant and refugee affairs um and you know we don't operate in a vacuum you know tacoma is not just a standalone city we're part of this state we're part of this nation and this world and what happens overseas does impact us and so for example the city of tacoma is home to over 5000 refugees from ukraine who are asking for more support in the whole of the state of Washington um we've received 30,000 refugees from Ukraine right now a few miles down the road in Tequila well, I guess not a few a couple dozen <laughs> but in Tequila they've issued a state of emergency uh because they have over 500 asylum seekers show up at one church right now and um it's men women children most of them coming from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, um Angola, and actually south of the border of Venezuela because they found hope in that space to to seek help with their asylum case and uh, that a lot of what's happening in the Congo is due to a genocide and a war that's getting worse over there. So like things happening on the other side of the world are also impacting us right here your neighbor uh and like uh yesterday was MLK day and I loved what one of the mayors or the keynote speaker had to say uh was that you know we all live in the hood but we need to put the neighbor back in the hood and to really care about what goes on in our community because it's not so far away and we're here so oh I'm also on the charter committee for the city of Tacoma which is something that happens only once every 10 years so no pressure <laughs> yeah no pressure and, at all uh so basically we get to make proposals or amendments to our city's charter which is like our constitution for our city and that gets um 
set before the city councilors and the mayor, and then if it gets approved, gets put to vote by the people in November elections. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity. It is a great opportunity, but this is where the reading and the advocacy and the acting. Because <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I am in a room full of people who are mostly lawyers, you know. And definitely no pressure. Yeah, definitely no pressure. And um, I am there because Council Member Joe Bushnell <laughs> put me in that room. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? No, I'm just But it's it's really an honor to, to serve. And I feel like sometimes I'm in a little bit over my head. But I also acknowledge that there are not a lot of people in that room who look like us. Um, so one of five people of color on the entire charter of 15. All right. So uh, one of three women of color in that room. Hey, in a good way, you stand so, out. So, yeah. you know, um, and uh, my first day, I asked them, like, you know, I, you know, you send an email out in English, like, what are we doing to reach out to the rest of our community where one in six, you know, people who live in Tacoma speak a language other than English at home. Like, what are we doing to reach them? And found out that our city charter has never been translated into another language other than English. And yeah, so it's very, you know, it's important to be there. I'm just curious. And you mentioned that you get the opportunity to possibly propose some amendments and just yeah. have, what are some of those things oh, that yeah, you want I to put in? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious. So one of the amendments that I've uh, submitted um, to Sonia, who is our, uh, she's a very fancy title. <laughs> she's yeah. the chief government affairs officer um, at 12 a.m. last night. <laughs> Wow. I mean, you know, like, you just got to do it. Um, I made it a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight um, proposed amendments that we're going to talk about as a committee. And then if it makes it through the committee, then it'll make it to the mayor and the city council. And then it'll make it to November election. So it's a long process. These are all due May 7th from our committee as a whole. So... So, um, just out of curiosity, out of those amendments, is there any one of them specifically in your heart that you are really pushing for, that you yeah, really want? Absolutely. So um, I'm really passionate about um, putting in, um, you know, outlawing discrimination based on caste system. So uh, in California, there was a city who did that. Seattle did that. We can do that. Um uh, it was brought to my attention by the chair of our Commission for Immigrant and Refugee Affairs that um, other cities are doing this and Tacoma should follow suit. Um, one of our commissioners also talked about how um, her spouse uh, is someone who works in software engineering companies and sees it actually quite often where there will be people who apply for a position and don't get that position because the person doing the hiring is from a different caste as theirs. And they say, oh, look at that last name. It's from this caste. And most, most of the time, this is um, what the stories that I'm hearing are from uh, East Indians, so Indians from India, who are software engineers who face this big barrier. Um, but that's not, this is just one example. So it, it's something that should be outlawed and is, it's its own thing. 
Uh, I'm curious. Um, have you seen any of that that's happened directly? Like, I, I just uh, you, you gave an example right there, but also, uh, do you know anyone, friends, or have you experienced that? Just any direct like? I mean, experience? yeah, uh, that commissioner is is my friend. So, uh, and that's her husband who's oh. who's seen that. Um, I don't think he's experienced it himself, but he's been in that room where those decisions are being made. And yeah, so it's 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 not illegal. It's not illegal right now wow. to do that. Hopefully, there'll be some changes soon. Yep, hopefully. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it's just one of those things. But the thing about politics that I'm learning, it's a really slow process. It's not something that happens overnight. It's like I forgot who it was who said this, but it just it's like the slow turning wheel of justice. It's very slow. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine it's a process, and it takes it is, time. It is. These meetings for the Charter Committee, can you guess how many hours a week our meetings are? I couldn't tell you. Uh, eight hours. Wow. Eight additional wow. hours. And this is all volunteer service. We're all volunteering our time until May 7th. And then we'll cease to exist as a Charter Committee because we'll have submitted everything and our work is done. Yay, Hallelujah. But, you know, of course, for things that I'm passionate about, I'll continue yeah. to advocate and say, hey, you know, if this makes it to the ballot, please vote for this because I think it's important. So, awesome. Yeah. Now, now to go backwards a little bit, because I, I want to get back to, you know, the politics and just going back to charter committees. I'm, I'm curious if we can go backwards just a tad, um, just from your past, and this is where I'm going to try to find the connection. Um, so you had some experience as a pageant, modeling the Miss yeah, Washington pageant. Can, can you kind of... Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, what it was. and Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I really credit pageantry with preparing me for politics. Uh, you know, you have to, you have to be, in a sense, fearless, even though I do tend to get afraid, you know, being in this room sometimes and a couple of other rooms. Um, but it, I think it's really one of the reasons why I made it into politics is because as a pageant queen, you become a beacon for your community. And in the Filipino community, pageantry is a big deal. And so um, I became all of a sudden this rallying point for issues, for causes, for things people wanted to get done but didn't know who to talk to. Uh, I was it. <laughs> and so um, I was actually nominated or referred referred to the Commission on Immigrant and Refugee Affairs by... Um, Tito, he's not really blood related, but my mentor, um, uh, brig former U.S. Army Brigadier General Oscar Hillman, uh, is my mentor, and yes. he saw that opportunity and said, "Hey, you should apply to become a commissioner. You should do it." I, I would imagine just uh, participating in the pageant. There's a lot of preparations, of course, answering questions right, presentation, you know, just yeah. how you present to others. Um, I guess my question would be for those who'd want to join into politics or even pageantry or whatever, uh, what advice would you give to like younger people, like maybe kids or teenagers that maybe want to do something, whether it's pageantry, whether it's um, uh, political world? What's the biggest piece of advice that you can give them that, that's helped you? You are never too young or too old to make a difference, especially in legislation. You would be surprised. All you have to do is write or approach someone in Olympia and say, hey, this is an issue I have. You represent me. Do something about it. I don't know what you got to do, but this is a big problem. And it's affecting me and my community or my family in a certain way or my friends in a certain way. And we need help. 
So whether that's um, education access uh, or if it's so like I'm mentoring a youth on our commission. So I recommended one of my students to go for it because he's really passionate. I see kind of a lot of myself in him. And um, when you see an issue, it doesn't have to just be your issue. It's it's our issue. It's the community issue because if one of us is not achieving our fullest potential, that's impacting all of us from benefiting from who you could have become or what they could have become. Uh, and so we're, we're missing talent. We're missing uh, the most vital resource we have as the United States of America to offer the world are not our weapons. It's not gold. It's our people. And we need to invest in our people and let them know that if there's something impacting them, they can do something about it. It might not be easy to get it done, <laughs> but you have to be the squeaky wheel who keeps it going. One of my mentors is also Tito Ray Pasqua, and he advocated for nine years. Wow. Nine years. And this was only passed in 2018 for Filipino American History Month to be recognized in the state of Washington. He never gave up. He never gave up. He would drive every year to Olympia. He would talk to people. He would phone his representatives, his senators on both sides. You can't give up if you're passionate about something. And now look at us. Now we have Filipino American History Month, and I take it for granted that we have it. I don't think we should take it for granted Yeah. at all. Absolutely. But, you know, it, it kind of in a sense that, oh, we already have it. Yay. <laughs> well, it's come through a lot of, yeah. from just what you were saying, it's come through a lot of hard work and a lot of things. It does. And so, like, you know, yeah, we sh- I definitely shouldn't take it for granted, but I feel like I do. And uh, last year was a wake-up call uh, because, you know, Filipino-American history became a part of the core curriculum for the city of Seattle two years ago, right? Last year, they gutted the, the course. They gutted it. My friend lost his job. People, people I know lost their jobs in Filipino-American history. Because they decided to scrap us. And that was my wake-up call that we cannot take these things for granted. I don't care if I'm from, I live in Tacoma. I went to Seattle and I attended that hearing at city council because I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm upset about that. You, Filipino-American history is American history. You can't remove us. And it just, it was one of those things that struck a chord. There were a couple of things that struck a chord in me last year that just, Everything I took for granted, like, for example, Wajimaya is over 100 years old. Fourth Avenue is home to so many Asian-American businesses in Seattle. They were on track until April of last year to demolish it. For the sake of progress, for the sake of expanding the light rail. Oh, wow. There are other avenues. And you know what? I now serve, I've been serving on on the board for the Filipino-American Chamber of Commerce in um, Tito, Tony, Ogilvy. I call him Tito because, you know, it's our culture. But we're not really all. We're, he's my mentor also. He's our president emeritus. Um, was telling me, oh, they're going to do it again. And I said, what do you mean? Again. Apparently, um, 12 years ago or something like that. I don't remember what he said exactly. But I-5 coming from Tacoma to Seattle, that southbound, that, that entrance there cuts into the international district. Mm-hmm. It wiped out half of the international district on purpose. I didn't know this. Oh. And he told me that the reason why 
they were able to do that to us. And Mercer Island, when you go to Mercer Island, the highway goes zigzag and all this other ways because they hired lawyers to defend their people and their property and their land. But we didn't have the resources to advocate for our people. So if we do not learn these things, I never learned these things from history. And if we do not speak out, one voice is the difference. Um, I want to piggyback on that. Um, yeah. A big question I have, and this is, you mentioned a little bit about being squeaky wheel, is uh, what's your secret or your way of uh, building connections? Because obviously, of course, it's important to speak out, as you just mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, uh, how do you get people to listen? How do you get people to um, follow you, to actually you know, hear your voice? That's a golden question. <laughs> because I think people are good people. And that's why I think it's also important to to tell them in a way that that reaches to that goodness. It's not going to be an easy thing. Um, and that's why Ruth Bader Ginsburg is one of my heroes is because uh, she said to disagree with people in such a way that you get them to join you. And that's the power of dissent. You know, she was pretty crafty at that and very good at that. And I think... It takes a certain degree of emotional intelligence because if you look at the science, if you present facts to someone, they're going to double down actually and argue with you in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, and so it's really important to be that independent voice that tries to see both sides and reaches across to build a bridge. Like, why are they doing that? Why are they doubling down? They're protecting themselves because there's something they care about that they feel like is being violated. And then, you know, really unpacking those feelings and seeing where people are coming from is important because at the end of the day, it is about people. I, one thing I'm, what I would imagine is you probably had some ups and downs. I would imagine, and I'm just imagining, you probably had some people that you might have connected with pretty easily, maybe those that maybe had some bumps in the road. Am I right on that? Yeah, of course. We were just talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's intimidating, you know, to be a, oftentimes the youngest person in the room, the only girl, the only woman of color, the only person of color in a room. But um, I have to remind myself that I'm sitting here so that, um, what, what is it? So that, you know, I'm making a way for others to sit here too. And if I don't sit here at this seat, uh, at the table of power, then our communities won't have that voice. And so when I feel like I'm getting bullied or I feel like um, I'm not welcome, I just remember that I'm not here to conform to what people want from me and what they think that I'm worth or what uh, they think I have to say. I'm here to create something and to build something of worth for my community that benefits every one of us. So just to keep that in mind, that you are not in this world to just conform to this world. Like, especially like you think about like fads, you know, you're not just here to go along with the fad. Oh, it's not cool to do this. You cultivate what you know to be a truth in your heart and like protect that and speak on that. And that'll give you confidence. And you practice that, that'll give you strength and courage. So even when you're against the grain, people are doubling down against you. You already know what you believe and you know what is true 
and what is right. And I hope and I pray that you have the courage to still speak the truth, um, speak the truth to power. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. So we're getting uh, close at the end, but I'm going to have a little bit of fun. Um, this is called word association. Cool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a word or two, and okay. then uh, just tell me, like, the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so here's, here's a running gag with uh, the podcast and the longtime listeners will know about this at uh, a previous school I worked at. Um, one thing that I really, really, really despise is pickles. And so I'm going to throw that in just for fun. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you uh, hear or think of the word pickles? I love pickles. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I think of yeah. crunch. You know, I love crunchy pickles. Those are great. Okay. Especially deep fried pickle chips. Woo! Those are good, especially with a sandwich on the side, like a salmon tuna uh, sandwich. It's good. Okay. Yep. No judgment from my end. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. Just give me the pickles. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Filipinos? Filipinos? Powerful. You're powerful people. Okay. Um, <laughs> bad hygiene. Me. Stinky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Bad hygiene. Um, what? Mabaho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Barbie. Doll. <laughs> Barbie doll. <laughs> okay. Horror movies. Scary. Okay. Um, Racism. Bad. Community. Good. <laughs> okay, okay. Modeling. Fun. Okay. Sports. Oh, soccer. Okay. How about MMA? Very violent. Very <laughs> violent. <laughs> it's definitely cool, but it's, it's very violent. WWE? It's also fun. It's also, yeah. <laughs> it's also fun. It's also fun. Okay. How about um, cold weather? Yep. Yeah. Mother <laughs> Yeah. Summer? Uh, yep. Yeah. Hot. Hot. <laughs> yeah. Traveling? Um, also fun going to, yeah, <laughs> traveling's fun. Uh, camping? Also fun. You have a favorite camping spot? Uh, let's see. Yeah, Oregon. There's some places in Oregon uh, that I like. My favorite is Second Beach in La Push. Hmm, uh, it's a little I bit think I've been there. Forks, uh, Washington, where the vampires are. But a little bit north. And then, um... Yeah, Forks is also where they're surfing in Washington. It's it's cold though. I think you it's cold. It's funny because I think you got my next one just by total accident. I was gonna say Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Forks, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. Um so um in closing I was gonna ask um any final words that you would like to tell our listeners. If you would like to put any input into our city charter, uh please put it in writing. Um, maybe if I could send you the link. Um, it's going to go to our city clerk at, I think it's cityoftacoma.gov. Uh, anything you'd want to change about that. Um, there's uh, also February 12th is our APIC, Asia Pacific Islander Coalition Legislative Days at Olympia. And, you know, we want to advocate for things that represent you in our community so definitely check out the legislative agenda um, one of the uh, big things that we're looking at advocating for is for um, unfortunately there was um, 
uh, a death last year where a police officer hit a woman in Seattle as she was crossing the street uh, with his car and laughed about it. And it was all caught on video camera. And he said, oh, well, she looked over 26 or something. So maybe she was only worth like a couple of grand or something like that. And she was Southeast Asian. She was an Indian woman attending school there, I believe. Um, And unfortunately, the way things are, if you die by getting hit by a police officer's car, there is a chance that it was, there's a doubt. It's not, it's seen as not an intentional use of force. So it's not seen as like if a police officer were to shoot you, that's seen as intentional force, use of force. Um, Because that officer pulled the trigger. And so that would... Oh, oh, (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) I was looking for Mr. Keller. So, um, yeah, so the... They, if if it's seen as intentional force, like a, a bullet, then um, there can be a, an investigation done externally. But right now, there's only an internal investigation happening, um, leaving a lot of people wondering why. And so, we're APIC is leading the charge and is pushing for the availability to have an external investigation to find out the truth, just to have that. Authority is something that has to be done at the legislative level to change what we can do at the city level, especially in Seattle. So, oh, uh, I hope it goes through. Things. Yeah, I really hope that the gosh, yeah. wow, uh, wow. <laughs> I know there's a lot going on, um, but uh, like, but look at last year. APIC was a champion for how many years of advocating for more funding for naturalization services. Right now, there are still over 600,000 people living in Washington who are eligible to become U.S. citizens, but haven't yet. And we have to question why. And, like, you look at the cost, like the paperwork being in English, you know, you have to look at all of the barriers. Uh, Back then, it was $750. Now it's over $1,500 to submit the paperwork. But there's waivers. There's things that you can apply for, but... Being able to navigate that is, it takes work, it takes money, and APIC was able to get more funding for naturalization services. So it, it, these, these things are not just us showing up and talking, they result in things getting better for our people. And not just, you know, Asian Pacific Islander people, but these are naturalization services that can be used by Ukrainians and, you know, other people, um, who come to our state, our city, or state, looking to start a new life, and yeah, it's it's good stuff. It is. Thank you so much for everything that you do, Mary Chris. We definitely appreciate it. And hey, an for, for this year, um, hey, I'm definitely hoping for the best. Me too. <laughs> Love and lung. <laughs> and that concludes this edition of Conversations with Mister A. Wow. Um, <laughs> All I got to say about the interview I uh, just did with Mary Chris, uh, I've, throughout the interview, I could definitely feel Mary Chris's, uh, her passion and just her, her passion, her love for people and just uh, advocating, advocating for immigrants and refugees and just a Filipino community and just people in general. I just, uh, wow, she just really set a good example. I mean, even for me, it encouraged me just about taking a stand for people. And so, um, Mary Chris, thank you so much for uh, doing the interview. It was definitely a pleasure. 
And thank you, listeners, for uh, paying attention to this uh, special edition. We'll have future editions coming up. Thank you for listening. Take care.